We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's going on, everybody? And welcome back to another episode of No Other Pod. This welcome back. This is technically a victory pod. We haven't recorded since uh, the Colorado win. Sure is. So. This is a four-point pod, is what that is. Four-point pod. I'm Jimmy. He's Dan. What's going on, my friend? Dude, what's going on is uh, I haven't seen this much rain in forever. <laughs> it's bad. By the way, I'm old now because I—that's the first thing I say. Hey, what's new in your neighborhood? Uh, well, it's, it's raining. You yeah. talk about the weather, you know, like I just entered the bank and you're the teller. That's what you do with the neighbors when you don't really want to talk to them. Hey, how's it going? Ah, this weather, huh? Oh, I know. It's crazy. <laughs> yep. Well, you have a good one. Okay. You too. <laughs> so you do. I just get nervous. I'm like, Hey, how you doing? I'm like, I'm not hungry. Uh, what? Oh, I thought you were going to invite me over. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. No, my, my neighbor yesterday, they don't listen. So it's fine. Uh, they don't listen? They don't like listen to this. So they're, they're not oh. going to. No. Well, sorry. I mean as far as i know they're not but um she was outside and we were coming back from walking the dog and she's like hey how you doing and i'm like good how are you she's like what's going on and i'm like oh just you know trying to walk the dog before the rain oh and then God, she's like oh dude. when's it coming i'm like i don't know sometime tonight have a good one <laughs> dude i'm the most socially awkward person working at the bank i would always greet people i'd say hello what can we help you with i never said how you doing because one time some lady goes, oh, God damn Democrats. And I was like, oh, what? <laughs> I was like, what? Another time I was wearing my USA flag Liberals. tie. I'm wearing my USA tie because USA was like playing a game that day mm-hmm. yeah. in soccer. Yeah. And I get someone that goes, this big buff motherfucker. He goes, do you stand? He goes, I like your tie. Like he's clearly military. I'm like, oh, yeah. thank you. And he goes, do you stand? And I was like, I'm sorry. And he goes, do you stand for the anthem? And I was like, uh, this was right when the Kaepernick right, stuff yeah, happened. Yeah. Right. And I was like, uh, uh, probably should. I mean, I, I do, I, I do. And he's like, good. I could just, what did he say? He said like unacceptable. I was like, yeah, okay. Yeah. All right. Have a good one. <laughs> I mean, if it were me, I would have advised against having the Donald Trump face on your tie that probably tipped him off. It so. was not a Donald Trump face. It was not. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, good times. That's why you don't ask people how they're doing. Because they'll be like, oh, cancer's back. Oh, shit. Why would you ask? 
but hey, look, on one hand, sometimes it's better to be real. Like, yeah, 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 how are you doing? I'm good. How are you good? Nobody's good. None of us but are dude, good. People overshare. Oh, well, my wife's cheating on me. Oh, shit. <laughs> I didn't want to <laughs> know like, all this. I was this. not prepared for this. We, we're not that close. <laughs> so strange. Uh, instead, we just all push down our trauma and pretend everything's fine. Yeah. Well, I've been the last five days, man, I've been walking around like this. Hearing everything. That's what Daniel Shallowy does when he scores goals. Damn it. That's what he does. Putting your hands up to your ears. Hands behind the, the ears. Crowd. The biceps flex a little bit. If you had arm day, it's all good. Well, uh, we got a couple of games that we got to talk about, obviously. I mean, look, this Kansas City, Colorado game was wild. And we'll talk about the mayhem that happened at the end and everything. New rivalry, but, uh, maybe? <laughs> I mean, there. Any, I said when, when Michael Berrios came on, I was like, shit's about to go down. Because anytime Michael Berrios comes on against Kansas City, whether he's with Dallas or Colorado mm. or what, there's there's all sorts of shenanigans. Diego Rubio being a little pest and just, you know, complaining about everything. Man, Him and just... Jack Price are two peas in a pod when it comes to being assholes. <laughs> <laughs> you know, they are asshole pee in a pod. Like, they're, they're big deal, man. They're little pests. And I, I my wife, Marissa, she goes, she goes, who's that? I go, oh, that's Jack Price. She goes, yeah, I don't like him. And I was like, oh my gosh, I also don't like him. And I was like, why don't you? And she's like, I don't know. I just remember that I don't. It's just <laughs> was, the feeling that I get, the aura that he gives off. Yeah. I was like, I love you so much. That's fantastic. Let's General hate him together. <laughs> and then Rubio, every time he guards someone, he has to get a shove off. He goes mm -hmm. in, the ball gets passed away, and he has to make sure he touches that player and give a shove. And I'm like, how's that okay? Like just a little shove every time. Yeah, it's bad. Someone needs to light his ankles up. I swear to God. Well, shallow <laughs> we tried to to someone else later. Yeah, <laughs> we'll get we'll, there. We'll talk about that. Uh, but before <laughs> we get into this game, uh, make sure you leave us that five-star rating in review if you have not yet done so. Get on uh, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you listen to podcasts. Give us that rating and review, and uh, we appreciate it. Yes. So, okay, let's talk about this uh, this Colorado game. Break it down. Um, this uh this was kind of an important game. I mean, they're all at this point important because, you know, we just <laughs> desperately need wins. But if you're looking <laughs> if you're looking at the standings before this game, Sporting KC are like legitimate golden boot or golden spoon contenders. Uh wooden spoon. Wow. I just went the gamut of everything wrong with what I was trying to say. Yeah, wooden, the Golden Spoon sounds pretty great, but it sounds, sounds more great. like Top Chef. Right, exactly. <laughs> wooden Spoon. So before this game, you know, we're sitting on whatever it was, nine points through 12 games, worst in the league in terms of points per game, um, and and just generally being pretty bad. Now, fast forward, still pretty bad, but it's better than it was two games ago. But if this season is going to turn into anything, which is getting harder and harder, you need to get every single point you possibly can at home. Home wins are absolutely crucial and necessary. And this was against another Western Conference team. That not a bad team. Is, is not a bad team. They won the conference last year, and they're looking for uh, to, to try to fight their way up into a playoff spot, just like uh, all the other teams below the line are. And so this was, uh, this was a big game. And this was also a big game because this was finally the game that some fans got what they were wanting. Our boy, Nikola Voinovich, immediately after coming on and joining our podcast, got the start. And I think there, was. there were a number of people that were excited to see what Voinovich could do. 
with Shallowy and Russell on either side of him because last time Voinovich got the start, if I remember correctly, definitely the first time, but I think, you know, he didn't have a full complement of attackers around him. It was just like, oh, hey, everybody else is injured. Get in there and, and hope that you can do something. Yeah. So, <laughs> right. Have a good time. And, and you know. Well, see, he blessed our podcast, so we blessed him with the mojo to, to make the starting 11 immediately after. <laughs> and that makes sense. Uh, we did not, no, we didn't, we didn't cause the injury later, half an hour later. We didn't do that. That wasn't us. So cut that, cut that out. <laughs> it was, uh, it was a bummer because um, he got 34 minutes into this game before he had to sub out. And I actually really liked what I was seeing from him in those first 30 minutes. I was looking forward to seeing him get into a rhythm. I was looking forward to seeing if he could get on the score sheet. Uh, it was there was a, a lot of things. He was opening up passing lanes. He was laying the balls off. He was building up quite a little bit of chemistry with Daniel Shallowy and Johnny Russell and whatnot. Um, I think the injury stemmed from when he got fouled in the 24th minute uh, before Daniel Shallowy went on to score the first goal. Uh, Voinovich was was chopped down, um, and then there was a quick restart. Daniel Shallowy got the ball did a little dancing between, you know, did his best Johnny Russell impression, cut between uh, Jack Price and Lalas Abubakar, and uh, was able to, to, to put the ball into the near post just past the Colorado keeper and uh, made it 1-0 Sporting KC in the 24th minute. So I want to talk about the goal, but when I knew the Voinovich injury might actually kind of be a problem is because he didn't get up and run to the far corner and start celebrating like so many people do after they lie around, like they're dying and then something kind happens of, and they get up and they run. Yeah. He hobbled over there pretty good and he didn't even get there until everybody else was already near center field coming back. Well, this was the coolest thing in my opinion. Like normally when your player is down, you take a minute cause you want your, your striker for God's sakes to be back in the play, mm-hmm. be back mm-hmm. ready for this potential ball to be hit into the top of the box or something, you know, mm-hmm. but he was down and, and they, they took that restart right away. And at first, at first sight, I'm seeing this and I'm like, wow, fuck Voinovich then guess we don't care about him. <laughs> like how the hell are you just going to go? Oh my God. Oh my God. <laughs> you know? And yeah. then I'm like, get up Voinovich. It worked. And he wasn't getting up. And that yeah. was, uh, breaking my heart there but it was crazy because i was so mad at first that they would just play on like that but clearly or he saw a, an opening and decided mm-hmm. to play quickly you know yeah it's one of those things like it's a you know coach being like no 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 yes 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 like i kind of uh, wondered if it wasn't like a set like if that wasn't talked about in training if the coaches weren't just like hey if there's an injury down there like we're done being slow like right. that injured person will get up or that will stop play on the next play, but go, we want to push the ball. We want to play fast because I don't know if you guys have checked. We're not near the playoff line right now. So let's win some games. Well, and in a weird way, it helps to be able to do that when it's an attacking player like Voinovich, obviously not to, to score goals, but let's say you, you did a quick restart and Colorado got the ball. If Voinovich is down, okay, it's not a defender. It's not a midfielder. He's sure. probably not going to be super deep lying on defense anyway. So it's not like you're suddenly down a man on the back line or whatnot good point it's 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 a little easier there's a little bit less risk defensively if you take the quick restart and your guy can't get up because he's legitimately injured right Um, but you know great individual effort from daniel shallowly i mean just he was slicing and dicing through 
uh, Price and Abubakar, and he put it right past Yarbrough. And I just that was probably Daniel's best goal of the year, just from a pure individual effort. Um, and I was kind of hoping, okay, well maybe you know maybe this is what he needs: get back on track, get the offense back on track. So liked what yeah. I saw. And then uh, unfortunately, like f- four minutes later, um, Colorado they pushed it down the left side. Um, Cam Duke couldn't quite get there. Uh, not sorry, not Cam Duke. Ben Sweat. Ben Sweat was playing right back that game. Uh, couldn't quite get there. The ball was sent in. Amelia kind of spills it, and then Lucas Estevez basically gathers Jossie's artist's back pass and, and puts it right into the back of the net. And all the wind that just got blown into the sails from Daniel Shallowy's goal four minutes earlier suddenly got taken out, and it was like, ah, well, here we are again, one-one. Are we going to lose? What's going to happen? Uh, felt very deflating to me. Yes, it did. Yeah, absolutely. I don't know. We talked about it a little last week, but, and I'm not saying that this was necessarily easy because it was a very hard cross in from Colorado, but is this one that Tim maybe should have gathered in? I mean, I know there was a, a was it Fontas or somebody kind of stepped in front of him and maybe he got a touch to it or whatnot, but there's a part of me that looks at it and it's like, ah, Tim kind of spilled that one and, and maybe should have done a little better there. I don't know. Yeah. That, that's kind of what it looks like. It's just, I worry that I worry that Tim's not in the normal Tim form that we think of him in. And that's not to say he can't get back into it, but okay. You say that. And then later he makes you look like a damn fool for doing Tim Melia things. You know what I mean? He, yeah. I mean, he's definitely got his moment, but it's just like, you think back to years past and, and maybe this is something we should have foreseen, but like you'd feel like Tim was actively earning sporting KC points that they wouldn't get if somebody other than Tim Melia was in goal. And yeah. He just seems maybe so. more unsure this year, but still watch him. He's still fast, right? Like I feel like goalkeepers, you know, when you do burpees, you know, all, you do burpees, you do burpees all the time. Oh yeah. You have to, for fun. <laughs> you have to, you get up fast, right? Assuming you don't have arthritis and stuff. You get up fast goalkeepers reverse burpees bro their whole thing is to get down fast right but also got to get up fast in case there's a rebound coming so i watched him and some of these saves i'm like damn he let he gets way down there faster than gravity man he's like the tower of terror over there going to the ground it's crazy (laughs) (laughs) that's his new nickname tower of terror tower of terror there you go there you go yeah so i mean you know hey he did what he needed to do in the game because it ended up being a victory i guess so it's fine um but halftime you go in it's 1-1 disheartened by the fact that you had a lead and you couldn't hold it for more than a few minutes but i think i went into halftime being like okay now you have uh Jean East in the game who people have been calling for Jean East to play more he came in for voinovich who was injured i will say i was worried when voinovich went down because it was non-contact and he kind of looked like he grabbed his ankle i was worried it was an achilles yeah i mean but that they would have told us like the next like initially sure but like you're not walking like that if it's an Achilles. You're not walking. Right. He, I mean, he was pretty ginger. The thing that gave me hope is he didn't actually, that I saw, go to the locker room right away. He kind of walked hmm. with a pretty heavy limp and then just sat on the bench. And he had some trainers working on his leg or whatnot on the bench. But it, I was like, that actually gave me a little hope. It's like, okay, hmm. 
it's whatever it is it's not bad enough that he's being helped immediately back to the locker room and taken to like the doctor or, or the hospital or whatever so well they never told us what it is exactly and like a calf injury they said calf sure but normally they tell us what like a contusion right like that's mm-hmm. my new favorite word contusion <laughs> and they uh they didn't tell us anything about it and i'm like okay i see you super secret doctors i see what you're doing <laughs> Uh, he's listed as questionable on the injury report. Obviously, he did not play uh, against San Jose, and he's still listed as questionable for the Open Cup game tomorrow, tonight, that we're going to talk about. Spoiler alert, recording Tuesday. Uh, but um, I'd be surprised if we saw him in the relative near future. I think it's probably going to still be a little while before we see Voinovich back, unfortunately, because... Uh, looked like he was maybe about to start getting into some some you know good form and it's just sad yeah that we're not gonna see it for a little while now yeah we killed him we uh we <laughs> he, had him on and he called us it. his good luck charm which he did which is that was that was him tweeting uh when the lineup came out though he was telling us like hey, oh that's right look. no it wasn't but he was tweeting about yeah. that wouldn't that be hilarious if he's just in the locker room in the locker like, room <laughs> being like oh no other pod good better tell charm. them what's going on yeah but, uh, you know, I didn't, I saw that come through on, uh, on my phone and I didn't see what tweet he was responding to. Mm-hmm. So when he did say that, I was like, is he being sarcastic? Like, pass out for his injury? <laughs> I was, I was like, is he being sarcastic right now? And I went into Twitter and saw what he was responding to. I was like, okay, all right, we're good. I got a little nervous. <laughs> no, I think he's just, yeah, genuinely a nice person who. He was like, thanks was like... a lot. You were supposed to be my good <laughs> luck charm. Now I'm hurt with a contusion. Uh, second half didn't take long, actually. It was, what, 50th minute, um, and we got a little lucky on this play, but Courtney Ford, I'll, I'll say this. I like a lot about what Courtney Ford does. One of the things I really like about him, he is not afraid to push up with the ball. He yep. will get deep into the other team's territory. And, uh, you know what he's doing? He's, got, he's about to earn a podcast spot. He's about to, <laughs> he's about to make it on no other pod. You, you keep it up, Courtney, and you got yourself a deal. He's liking the tweets we we uh, we put out about him. Man I see. Searches I, his name. Yeah, he searches his name. He uh, he he followed me because he's a big fan of the podcast. And uh, <laughs> you know, I think it's time, man. He put out a thing on Twitter on uh, Instagram the other day. He was like, "Is this an assist?" And it was, <laughs> and it's like, uh, yeah. If I make that pass, I'm absolutely claiming that assist. <laughs> yeah, I would claim it as an assist for sure. Hell yeah. So, but it was a he saw Daniel Shally running down the left side and. Sent the ball across uh, across the field. It, it wasn't a switch because it was along the ground, but pretty decent pass. It would have gotten there. It, it was a long pass, so Abubakar got a toe to it, but didn't fully stop it. Ball bounced to Shadowy, and again, just a little bit of individual brilliance. Shadowy puts it into the uh, far side of the net, and suddenly it's 2-1. And, you know, at that point, you're like, okay, it's 2-1. That's good. There's still, you know, 40 minutes left in this game. So that's you know something that's going to be a little bit of a challenge for Sporting KC defensively to hold a one goal lead for forty minutes. But uh, hey, it suddenly felt like the offense had a little more life in it than they had had, you know, in the in the past however many games. So yeah, it felt good, absolutely. But and then okay, this is where things got a little crazy. Five minutes of stoppage time. We're in. The 95th minute, Colorado was already playing with 10 men because earlier in the game, Austin Trusty, well, I say earlier in the game, 
four minutes earlier in the game when he were you know a minute into stoppage time austin trusty got shown his second yellow card it was a red card so suddenly colorado's now playing the last four minutes of stoppage time with with uh 10 men so you're figuring out okay this is this is fine they're going to be you know really hammering it trying to score with with 10 men just don't do anything stupid and we're going to be fine don't do anything stupid (laughs) there it is and uh, this was probably literally Colorado's last attacking chance because when this foul happened on the clock, it was 95 minutes and 13 seconds into a game that had five minutes of stoppage time. So we were already at the mark for stoppage time to be called. The ball was just about at midfield. There is a high likelihood that this free kick is taken after Johnny Russell fouls a Colorado player. Uh, there's a high probability this free kick is taken. All Sporting KC has to do is get one clearance, and the game is done. Well, <laughs> as uh, as Johnny Russell put it after the game, Daniel turned into the Karate Kid. Sure did. Wax on, baby. I didn't realize when I saw it live it makes sense. I don't know why, but it's made worse by the fact that this is a dead ball, and Daniel just sweeps the leg, literally, Kicks the leg out from underneath a Colorado player as he's attempting to take the free kick. Uh, he wasn't actually initially shown a red. He was shown a, a yellow card by Drew Fisher. Uh, for delaying the restart, sure. For delaying restart. I don't know if he just didn't see that um, Daniel actually made contact or what. But then Lucas Estevez comes in uh, right in front of Drew Fisher and just shoves, two-handed shoves Daniel Shallowy from behind the back. Johnny looked like he was about to rip somebody's head off. Courtney Ford got in there and looked like he was about to fight somebody. I legitimately thought we were going to see a murder on the field with how mad Johnny was. Don't throw Courtney in there. Courtney was peacemaker, dude. He was all, he was holding people back. He wasn't choking people. That was Fantas who came in and was like, let me two hand to choke you. (laughs) He was Courtney was peacemaking. He was like combination of like peacemaking, but also kind of like a, Hey man, what are you doing? Like he was doing a good job. He was right on that line, that line you yeah. should be on, where he's pushing people away, where he's looking like a peacemaker, but he's also giving Estevez a piece of his mind sure. as he's as he's pushing him away. He's like, what are you doing? Relax. Daniel's only a blue belt, okay? It's nothing. <laughs> it's not a big deal. And then suddenly, we see Drew Fisher throw out another red card, and we're like, what in the hell is happening? And I'm, Fontes mm-hmm. is looking distraught. He's like, what did I do? But we see that <laughs> What did I do? He's got a red card. And so he went looked... Homer Simpson on Diego <laughs> Rubio's throat. What did I do? He says. You, you look at the replay, and because there's a long delay, and suddenly yeah. they're they're you know um, they're showing all sorts of replays or whatnot. You're looking on on the the feed on SportingKC.com. Immediately in front of Drew Fisher, he could not have been closer to Drew Fisher unless he yep. choked Drew Fisher himself. He was looking at him just like I'm looking at you right now. Just right at him, dude. Diego it's, like, Rubio, it's like hitting your brother and your mom's like, I'm right here. You, D- you know? Diego Rubio was complaining to Drew Fisher. And I don't know if Fontes meant to do it. I don't know if Fontes saw red for a few seconds and, and forgot where he was and just blacked out. I don't know what happened. But Fontes has both hands around Diego Rubio's neck, not six inches in front of the head referee, Drew Fisher. And he takes him off pretty quick, but the damage is done. You can't do that. That's an let's, immediate uh, red card. Let's ask a serious question here. Is there a is there a, a a sense of toxic masculinity there where you where your first instinct is to put your hands around someone's throat? Because when I think about it, what could if say something was said? Say Rubio was like "fuck your mother" or something like that, you know, <laughs> a 
or you know maybe something in, in spanish not i don't even know talking to fontas yeah and and fontas like what anger came over him and i'm like fontas you just got your way into the starting lineup i it, you but you've been out for a bit you're gonna be out some more like what are you doing well it's like when it happened with Ilya. when Ilya put his hands on a dude's neck and i forgot who right. we were playing but i was like that's what not makes the Ilya you do that i know i've never felt that way on on a soccer field have i pushed people yeah sure but i've never like choked someone have i pulled their jersey uh-huh <laughs> i've never in my personal life on a soccer field, i've never been in a situation where my thought is i need to choke this person yeah like that's a i don't know if that's just like animal instinct coming out like fight or flight and i'm gonna fight to the death sure. type thing or what but am i digging too deep here to think like i don't know what is his wife say when she sees that i mean is she like disappointed in her husband or is it just another day at the office i mean who knows i, I don't know if we can draw many conclusions there I, or not not but... trying to get personal i just mean it's scary bottom it just... line it's scary yeah it's i mean it, it was a moment of terrible judgment and he got a red card rightfully so and, that's a uh... weird take man and you want to call me a snowflake you can <laughs> i'm just saying it's, I mean, uh, I think, it felt it felt weird i think it's a fair take to say probably shouldn't be choking people and yeah. if that's your first reaction to problem solving, then that's probably not great. Agreed. So I would, I, you know, I think that's a fair stance to have. Uh, we're about to get ready to start the game again. Cam Duke's about to come in, and suddenly they're like, "Hold on, we got to go to VAR." And I'm like, "What could they possibly be looking at now?" And that's when I kind of oh, put two knew. and two together. Of, oh, Daniel kicked a dude and wasn't even play hadn't even started. So. Pretty easy decision to go back to VAR, come back, red card for Daniel, and only the third time in MLS history that four red cards have been given out in the game. So Not great. <laughs> both games prior, in 99 and 2000, involved the Miami Fusion. Well, it's just, it's a waste, right? And it sucks to, it sucks to have that happen in like the last minute. Mm -hmm. Then again, from a player standpoint, and a team standpoint, wouldn't you rather it happen in the last minute if it was going to happen at all? Sure. Yeah. And then Daniel gets a rest for the next game, which, you know, we wouldn't have to have Johnny Russell at striker if, <laughs> if that was the case, but here we are. Oh, speaking of Johnny, uh, Peter was asked about Johnny after the game, and he said, quote, he's a warrior. It's one of the biggest reasons why he's the leader. He's a warrior. He was banged up from the game in Portland, so for him to be on the field tonight was a stretch. He fought all the way through the end, so huge credit to him, and it just shows what he thinks and cares about the club and just the way he fights. Um, and, and then Johnny, after, I was in the locker room, first time you could get into the locker room in a couple of years. We're talking to Johnny and asked him how he was feeling, and a lot of times when you ask players how they're feeling, even if they're injured, they'll be like, oh, I'm doing okay, like, a little, you know, a little banged up, but I'm okay. And Johnny was kind of like, yeah, I'm hurting. Like, that was that was a tough one. And I was like, oh, man, this is, this kind of sucks. And then, like you said, to come out against San Jose and Johnny's basically the only forward on the field, it was tough. There were times against San Jose where I was like, Johnny's not going to make it. But I mean, he did. <laughs> the dude, he's going to play um, because he wants to play. So if he can still play at a moderate level, we're going to see him out there. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like, you're going to have to chop him down, dude, because he's got that mentality, man, that warrior pit bull mentality. That's like, 
admirable a little bit. I mean, you look at it and you're like, wow, like, but everyone's worried that he's playing through a bad injury. If that was the case, he would not be playing. Doctors wouldn't allow it. Coach wouldn't allow it. If it wasn't safe for him to be playing, he wouldn't be playing. I don't worry he's playing through a bad injury. I worried he might make a mild to moderate injury into a bad injury by not getting the rest he needs. And I don't have a good answer for what to do otherwise. I mean, sure, you had Janice on the bench. You could have started Janice at striker. But then you literally have nobody except Julian Vasquez, who was signed. Julian. Julian. How dare you? How dare you? I even Uh, texted you and you blew it. (laughs) That's true. You did. Uh, You have Vasquez on the bench who was signed from SKC2 on loan like the day before. Uh, We didn't even see him. Your only forward. And he's a winger. He's not even a striker. He's a winger. So you you would have had no offensive firepower off the bench if Johnny couldn't play against San Jose. Um, It was a weird lineup. It was kind of a 4-1-4-1 because... Like I said, Johnny was the only really attacking player. You could say that Duke and Voltaire kind of were pseudo wings, pseudo midfielders. So you could argue, was this a 4-3-3? Was this a 4-1-4-1? doesn't really matter either way. Uh, but this was a this was a really tough game. And um, people talk a lot about like, oh, Peter and his 4-3-3 and he doesn't do anything different or whatnot. Peter has made some serious tactical adjustments this season in an effort to mitigate some of the injuries and suspensions when this is like the second or third time in in a few games where sporting kc did not go into a, a game attempting to win possession like when's the last time over a stretch of two or three games where there were multiple games where skc had barely a third of the possession in the entire game like they are very much trying to play to their abilities and their strengths right now where they're saying hey we're going to sit back we're not going to press too far and we're going to try to basically play counter football yeah if they're if you're constantly getting beat on the counter and you're getting passes intercepted and and you're getting the ball stolen from you then by all means let the other team tire themselves out by coming at you and you take it from him and turn around and go. And I don't hate that, man. But by all means, fire for me is because he's got terrible coaching tactics. The dude <laughs> adapts and survives. He knows what he's doing. These two games, I don't know, man. It's 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 positive. It's a positive thing in an otherwise very negative situation as far as personnel goes mm-hmm. and available players. Yeah. And you mentioned the Vermees thing, and we're not going to talk about fire Vermees people very much right they're a little more quiet right now there's still a couple yeah, well, of them but of they're course. a little more quiet but i do want to uh um point out this tweet that we got from one of our listeners Allie, and she tweeted at us and she goes i had the privilege of sitting where i could hear peter Vermees, and this was uh um, wait where huh where where is she sit oh she she lives in san jose doesn't she uh does she she might she an SKC fan out She's out an West? SKC fan. I don't know. All I know is she said that she had uh, the privilege of sitting where they could hear Peter Vermees. Um, anyone doubting his passion, Russell's leadership, and thinks there is better is in for a rude awakening. Lots of youth to be excited about. Fans need to stop thinking grass is greener. It's not. Um, 
I just think that's an interesting perspective to, to have. Um, yeah. There's a lot of people that are talking a lot of stuff out there about Vermees and about his tactics and whatnot. And, and this is what I think we've been trying to say is like, this is not a normal season that you can prepare for in the way that like no MLS team, if they lost as many strikers or consistent uh, contributors as Sporting KC has all at once this year, uh, nobody would be in a good spot. And there's still time for him to turn it around. And a great way to do it is to get all three points at home and get draws on the road. Eventually, we'd like to steal a win or two on the road, yes. But um, getting if you would have told me that we went into this San Jose game, you showed me that lineup, Johnny Russell's playing basically false nine at striker, we have the suspensions and injuries that we have, but we're going to come out of there with a 1-1 draw. Would you take it? Absolutely. I mean, Hands for sure. Down. Without question, I would have taken that result. So. I mean, it's uh, if you're looking at power rankings, buddy, we, uh, we just got through Colorado, who they got ranked at number 11. Okay, we're about to play Houston Dynamo, who has moved up to 15. Mm-hmm. All right. I don't even need to tell you where we're at. We're like, we're like way down here. Not even a big deal. <laughs> I'm not sure my phone can even scroll that far. San Jose's above us. And they actually moved. They actually moved up uh, two spots despite their draw at home. And uh, we moved up three spots. Look at that. We're at 25. So hey. things are okay, man. Like the seven, two loss at Portland. I don't think that ever happens to us again. That might've been what we needed to get our shit together. I mean, four points over two games, one of which being on, on the road, that's that's pretty good. And, you know, looking at the bright side, this goal that Johnny Russell scored right before the half, 45th minute, um, this is arguably the best team goal maybe of the year so far. I mean, this pass from Roger to Felipe, is it Felipe or was it Cam Duke? It was Cam Duke. Um, this pass from Roger to Cam Duke. Just absolutely gorgeous, perfectly weighted. Cam Duke's speed was causing problems for Sam, San Jose. Cam Duke touches it around Marcinkowski, cuts it back to Johnny, and then Johnny puts it into the back of the net, and it's 1-0, and just an absolutely brilliant team play. Dude, he didn't just put it in the back of the net. He put it underneath a guy. Yeah, <laughs> it flat out true. went underneath a man. It was wild. <laughs> and for one, for Roger to have that pass... For Cam to have the touch to get around the San Jose keeper and for Johnny to be able to gather it and put it away, knowing the amount of injuries he's struggling through. I mean, that was a that was a really good team goal. How about the goalkeeper restraint though? Uh to not foul Cam Duke. Because I was like, Oh, yeah, don't, don't you put your hands on him. Don't you that's, do it, little Cammy. Very easy place for the keeper to get a, a, a get a, a penalty kick. Almost did. I think his gloves might have like brushed his socks or something, but it uh, it was close. So you go into the half, you're up 1-0 at, uh, at San Jose. You're starting to let yourself think, oh, maybe, just maybe, are we going to steal one on the road? Don't be ridiculous. Don't be ridiculous. <laughs> and then uh, Dude, the... you got to know the, the 46th minute is coming. And yeah, that's our, that's our Achilles heel. Apparently, because basically what happened at Portland happened again in San Jose. Uh, Jackson Yule got a free header in the box, 46th minute. Puts it away. Tie game, 1-1. And I, for the life of me, Jackson cannot figure out how he got as wide open as he did. I have watched this play time and time again, trying to figure out exactly who's at fault here. It seems like 
everybody, you know, Courtney Ford and uh, Ndenbe, kind of maybe even Tim Helia, immediately look to Robert Volader and start kind of throwing their hands up at him. He uh, might have been a he, little bit. He out. jumped up. He jumped up, but it went right over his head. Well, he, here's the problem. He, and, and this is a tough spot to be in. And, and I, this is where I'm not a center back. I don't know exactly what you're supposed to do here. Volader's running with a San Jose attacker. And the attacker cuts in front of Volader. And this is, I guess, hey, good off-the-ball movement by him. He's cutting toward Courtney Ford. Volader goes with him. And Volader basically gets caught in no man's land, where he almost is perfectly equidistant between two San Jose attackers. But he's not close enough to the guy in front of him to defend him. And he's not close enough to the guy behind him to defend him. He tries to jump, ball goes right over his head, and that's when Yule gets the free header. And so I think both Ndenbe and uh, and Ford and even a third SKC player I can't see from this replay kind of look at Volader and they're like, yo, what's up? What are you Bad doing? Bad deal, man. Bad deal. But you know what this tells other teams, though? I know it's only twice, but that's enough time. That's enough times for, for other teams to say, hey, after halftime, Come out hard. Go for a mm-hmm. goal right now because they are not focused right after halftime. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And, you know, there were some quotes from, from after that game where um, Johnny basically said, hey, this is this is unacceptable. We have to eradicate it is what he said. He said eradicate? <laughs> he said, let me find the exact quote. Yeah. Oh, shit. I think it was Ali. Ali Trost had asked him uh, in the postgame interview, about giving up that goal again in the second half. What does um, that even mean? And 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 Johnny goes, uh, where is it here? Where is it? Destroy here? completely. That's Put an some... end to. So Johnny, yeah. After asked about conceding the the second half goal early on, that's something we have to eradicate. It's not good enough. Oh, so... do you know? Do you watch Doctor Who at all? Oh yeah. What do the Daleks say? Exterminate. That's a synonym for eradicate. God damn, Johnny. That's an evil word, man. I just... uh, They go, explain. Explain. (laughs) Explain. You are not a Dalek. I literally just caught up. I hadn't watched the last season, the most recent season. So this past weekend, I caught up and then watched the first two specials from this year. So They're fun. A lot of fun. Yeah. Yeah. So big Doctor Who fan. Um, that's my favorite thing when i don't understand things that my wife is saying to me i'll go explain <laughs> Turn into a Dalek. Explain. I do, I do. does not compute <laughs> um it's i was worried i was like oh no this is gonna actually turn into what happened in the portland game and and i was i was very concerned a little worried so but it didn't one one this is uh where it ended so um I don't know. I'll take it. So four points. We're still, if you look at the standings, not where we want to be. We're no. still toward the bottom. Thirteen Five points through points. fourteen games. Five points away from playoffs. That you get a couple of wins, you go on a little run. That's not. That's Dude, not impossible. You have to beat the people that are above you, and mm-hmm. it, that's almost every team. But <laughs> <laughs> everybody. But you, <laughs> well, you say it's almost every team. And you are correct. It is almost every team. Ironically, the team that we play next in MLS play is the one team that is below us in Vancouver. I can't wait. I can't (laughs) wait. We play Vancouver at home this Saturday, 8 o'clock, and I'm like, you better be ready to eradicate these Canadians. I'm telling you. (laughs) Exterminate. (laughs) Absolutely. Um, Put an end to them, man. (laughs) 
And I, I really hope we bring it hard in the Open Cup tonight. Like, I, I hope this is a good week overall with two pretty easy victories. I, don't stress me out. I'm tired of being stressed out during games, okay? Can we <laughs> well, just win single-handedly? What do you do in the Open Cup? Because, I mean, okay, you have a big MLS game on Saturday that you kind of have to get full three points for. Johnny's time. might be dead. We don't know. He's like, not he's... dead. <laughs> Stop that. Quit trying to tuck him in and bring him chicken noodle soup. He's fine. But, you know... Peter was asked yesterday in a press conference about what the lineup's going to look like uh, and whether there will be some loans from SKC2 for the game tonight. And he goes, probably, it's probable, but it's 50-50, to be honest with you. Yeah, I got to say, our good friend Chad Smith uh, probably just needs to stop asking questions because Peter does not care for Chad. (laughs) Chad, look, it's admirable. Chad asks questions that I'm too scared to ask. He does. He asks the hard-hitting questions, but I will tell you, Peter's not going to answer him. <laughs> yeah, I just, I do love Peter being like, probably, but 50-50. I'm like, yeah. that's, that's not how math works, Peter. Then you ask about, like, the injury report, and he's like, he basically is like, yeah, we put that out on game day. You should read it. <laughs> you know, essentially. Peter, Peter has not been in the biggest question and answer mood as of late, which is understandable. Well, they've been losing. Would you want to answer any questions either? No, and, you know, I was, I've, I told you this before we were recording, I, I consider myself uh, 0 for 2. In my questions mm. on the last press conference, Peter. Yep, you'll bounce did, back. He did. He, the way I know I'm I'm definitively over two in my last press conference is they didn't include either of my questions in the quote sheet that they put on the website after. <laughs> they just mm. were like, eh, it's not even worth it. That's bad. So, you got scratched. I, I you got were last minute. A, a DNP coach's decision. Shit. So, uh, <laughs> um, but hey, you know, credit to him for asking questions that I'm too scared to ask. I don't want Peter to yell at me. Yeah. So. Good. Good for Chad. Love you, but. Uh... Oh, mama. <laughs> so do you, what do you want to happen tonight? Do you want Peter to put out a full strength lineup and, and try to go for this thing? Yeah. Cause then you got three days till Vancouver. You just, they won't train this week. There will be no training. It will all be focused on recovery days and that's fine. Like that's okay. You have to, you have to roll with it. You know what I mean? Yeah. I think they'll go for it. I think there are going to, I don't think this is going to be a full first choice team. All things considered. Maybe um, we'll see Kyrie in one of these games. I don't know. Yeah, maybe and, and piss off half the fan base whatever <laughs> i think it's going to be a weird mix tonight of some skc2 guys potentially um as well as some of the regulars i think we're like one round away from really like pushing for it pedal to the metal full speed ahead for the open cup we're still in the round of 16 right mm-hmm. now so that's you know we're getting there if you get to the quarterfinals i think you're like okay i can start to taste the cup a little bit just got to win but three more games and, and it's ours. Also, the thing is right now, it's like whatever lineup they put out for either of these games, does it really matter? Like, is it even surprising? Because we've had, we literally just played a game full of entirely midfielders. Like, <laughs> and it worked out. Like we got a point on the road, which is a good thing in any other situation. So yeah. no matter what lineup they put out in these two games, I, I'm just going to be like, cool. Yeah, that sounds about right. <laughs> I mean, Shallowy could end up playing striker tonight. Good. I mean, it's it's possible. Uh, Daniel will play anywhere, man, because he he's hungry, dude. He even said in his press conference uh, Tuesday that he uh, uh, he he compares himself to last year a lot. He uh, he said mm-hmm. last time he said last year this time I had seven goals. Uh, this year I have four. Mm-hmm. Last time this year we had eight wins. We currently have three. Mm-hmm. He's like, so I need to be better, help the team be better, and I'm like, damn. This dude stat checks himself and he's like, I need to, I need to get back to it. You know? Yeah. 
That's me, wild. Let me throw let me throw something a little crazy out at you for for oh. Atlanta. What if you do a instead of the typical four three three, well, we go four four two. Try to give Johnny a little bit of a rest tonight, but have your two strikers up top be Shadowy and Johnny's, and then yeah. try to have you know Duke and maybe Felipe in the midfield there alongside um, Uri, and who knows? Maybe there'll be a Jake Davis sighting. I don't know. So they might they might start Johnny on Saturday and sub on Johnny on Wednesday. Like remember last Open Cup game where Kyrie, Daniel, and Johnny all came in in that like you know final third of the game. Mm-hmm. Uh, I I could see something like that happening again for the Open Cup. I could see Daniel playing both Wednesday and Saturday, especially since he missed Sunday due to suspension. True. So he's a little bit more fresh. Um, and then Johnny being off the bench, but them hoping they don't actually need to bring him in to give him the night off, depending on how the game goes. So Yeah, for sure. I Saturday, I'm not trying to be hyperbolic, but Saturday's kind of a must win. Whoa. Why you say that? Because, I mean, we're what a couple of points off of Vancouver in the, in the conference standings right now, if they win, they overtake us. And this is another home game where you can't afford to be dropping home games. And if you can't beat the literal last place team in the conference right now at home, like someone asked us, okay. That's probably what San Jose was saying about us, by the way. So (laughs) SKC fan TV on Twitter said, what will it take for a season turnaround? It'll Hold take on. winning games like this one on Saturday. Okay, it'll take getting four points in a it'll, in a two game stretch. Like that's yes. a big deal. Yes, it'll take like, doing what we start. just did this week. It'll take winning games at home and getting draws on the road. Yeah. So I, I feel that uh, you can't come on. Must win though. Like, dude, it is May twenty fifth, and and freaking. Four months of soccer left. A lot of games. Yeah, but when you dig yourself as big of a hole as sporting has dug themselves so far, games become a lot more must-win a lot sooner. You're and right. so I'm just saying that if you want to start this off onto a trajectory, especially when you know that you're going to have no John East and no Daniel Shallowy in, uh, against New England in a couple of weeks, you got to take the points where you can get them. And you We're have to be able off. to beat Vancouver at home right we're five points off so you beat vancouver at home you shoot yourself back up into that conversation yeah that changes the mentality if you lose against vancouver at home it's going to be disheartening for players it's going to be disheartening for fans and all of those people out there who are talking all that shit about peter and the team are going to be right back and that's not a good place to be i don't want us to be back there where we have to be answering questions about peter's job which is going to be safe regardless of what happens against vancouver but (laughs) That's so true. I'm giving you stank face right now because I'm like, I'm looking at the calendar and I had said by the end of May, I'll have a determination mm-hmm. on if this team, uh, this season <laughs> is done. And then they have to go and have a decent week mm-hmm. of two games. And it's like, oh shit, man. It's at the end of May. And like, right. I don't, and I still don't know on what Saturday, we are. If they lose on Saturday, it'll be the end of May and we'll be dead last in the West. Oh, that's bad, right? Yeah, that's real bad. But okay, if they win on Saturday... Win. I'm on the must-win train. If they win on Saturday, depending on how other results go, they could jump all the way up to 10th. And suddenly you're only a, a couple of positions <laughs> off of 7th, which is the playoffs. <laughs> We're in 10th. All right. I'm just We're saying. not the worst. What are you... That spoke like a true Everton fan. <laughs> <laughs> hey, we didn't get relegated, and it was the best moment of the Premier League season for me. God, that's so weird. Everton fans just drinking it up. 
you know, smoking, having the best time because they didn't become the worst team. <laughs> you take the victories that you can get. I guess, but we don't have that luxury, okay? We if we don't make the playoffs, look, we're not we will be the worst. The Calder's not going to storm the field if we beat Vancouver. I'm just saying oh, we that we should. Need to... We should. <laughs> just saying that this is the big. Uh, this is uh, from from a mentality standpoint. You got to go out there and you got to you got to beat Vancouver. Why don't we storm the field? Why isn't that a thing? Because we, college basketball, you beat someone in like top twenty five, someone who you really should not beat because you're a nobody. You storm the court. It's just what happens. Now, I don't know. I'm a KU fan. I've never known how it feels to storm the court because they're never bad. <laughs> but why don't? Why doesn't soccer do that? You know, what, what are they going to do? I mean, Man City fans did it probably after they saw Everton fans do it. And they're like, oh, if they're going to do it because they're not getting relegated, we should probably do it because we just won our fourth title in five years. Yeah, and but... didn't a coach, like, kick a fan? Patrick Vieira. Yeah. Yeah. He's, he's like, coming out of retirement and showing the fan what he's got. Yeah. <laughs> And then they had to come out and be like, he will not be, you know, have charges pressed against him. And I was like, yeah, I mean, didn't think that would happen anyway. Like, that's Why kinda... not? The the coach? Yeah. You think I he mean, should have charges pressed against him? Well, the dude has a lot of money. I think I'm probably going to show up to court in, in, a, in a whole lot of braces and casts. I mean, I think it's a pretty <laughs> easy thing to be like, okay, fans weren't supposed to be on the field. They kind of came up at him, got right up in his face, self-defense. Like, he didn't actually hurt the dude. If he would have like, okay. you know. Well, then it's the a security and... concern. Don't let me on the field. Why'd you let me? If he would have curb stomped him or done whatever Seth Rollins <laughs> finisher is, then yeah, he probably would have been assaulted. But Seth Rollins, that's my guy. I'm just saying, you know, it's uh, he, he like barely touched him. I'm okay I feel with you. him not getting charged. But you know, I'm just like, dude, we we could. I'm not trying to uh, start this right now. I'm not saying like this starts now. The revolution. We're storming the field after every win from here to MLS Cup. Okay. Well, if you're you lead the charge, you'll be first. And uh, no, dude, my seats are a little. It's a little bit of a drop over the railing. I'm gonna break. Did something. you see? I don't know if it was an MLS or where it was. I saw there was a, a woman who was running on the field at some soccer game, and uh, the players weren't even on the field. It was halftime. The security guard tackled her so hard, yeah. her head whipped back and hit, and she looked like she went out. Cold. Oh, she was unconscious. He fucking killed her. <laughs> it was absolutely incredible and like kind of scary. Right. I was like, this feels like maybe the punishment didn't fit the crime. Yeah. Like uh, there was nobody around. He's this dude out here trying, trying to get a in, <laughs> contract with the fucking Baltimore Ravens. And Kong Sue just comes out of nowhere, fucking levels her. <laughs> Like, my God, dude, like, just relax a little bit. You'll get her. It's fine. He gets up, steps on her chest. Just <laughs> Jesus. So, Terrible. Well, let's get to a couple what of questions. What game was that? Where was that? I don't even remember. It was MLS, though, wasn't it? Wasn't it? It was like Atlanta? Chicago or Atlanta? I don't know. Atlanta. Was it was Nashville. Atlanta. Atlanta and Nashville, right? Yes, you're correct. That's crazy. So, it was at Nashville, though, wasn't it? I think it might have been at Nashville, but I remember Ooh, seeing I'm yeah. excited for that away game. <laughs> you can run on the field. Well, see, let's see what you're that big to challenge boy has. That dude, yeah. You trying to take on the? You trying to take on the chief? <laughs> <laughs> um. Anyway, let's get to some questions here. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, fan XY on uh, Twitter, we kind of talked about this already, but should we concentrate on Open Cup or Leagues Cup and forego MLS Cup? Uh, absolutely not. Especially not Leagues Cup. League's Cup's not a thing anymore. Uh, I don't. And uh, Open Cup, I I think, you know, 
like I said, I'm correct, right? One... Sorry, League's Cup is it's been eradicated for it's, us, right? It's something I don't remember. There's too. It's many absolutely cups. exterminated. Uh, League's Cup, no, it's still a thing, but not for us. Like it wasn't sporting pulled from it because it's just going to be like an LA thing. Maybe I don't remember what's happening. There have been so many changes. Uh, okay. The new format will begin in 2023. Yes. So this year, there's the League's Cup Showcase in 2022. That's what yep. you're thinking of. You're 100% They correct. cut us from it. It's cut. LA, LAFC, the LA Galaxy, Chivas, and Club America. At yeah, SoFi. they saw how we started the year, and they were like, eee, yeah. we don't want to do that. So not the League's Cup. Uh, I don't think you're at a point where you pick Open Cup versus MLS. Because if you say, like, hey, we're going to focus on Open Cup, and then you lose tomorrow, then you're like, okay, well, I guess we're back to focusing on MLS Cup. <laughs> No, I think you try to juggle them both equally as best as you can. And that's something Peter's always been pretty decent at. I mean, if he's got to call up some SKC2 guys, I'd love to see a fast Julian Vasquez out there, man. He uh, he's, he's a pretty quick dude. Yeah, it's interesting. So, um, I don't know. We'll see. Uh, let's see here. Kev Mendo 509 says, this is a, I'm going to paraphrase because this is, you know, multiple tweets. But he says, other than the USOC, where does the rest for Johnny happen? It's clear he's battling something, but he won't take time off to heal. Maybe it's a lead by example thing, uh, but it's pretty clear he was struggling. Uh, and with the shorter offseason, never seemed 100%. And he goes on to say that Peter doesn't seem like he's going to sit Johnny. So unless SKC get knocked out of the U.S. Open Cup, where does the rest come from? Um, and no rest, man. No rest for the, for the captain. Doesn't I mean, need I- it. All you can say is I hope that they're listening to their training staff and that they um, are able to to do um, whatever they need to do to keep him healthy. Now, there is a little bit of a break for Sporting KC after the Vancouver game on Saturday. They don't play again until June 12th, so that's two weeks off where hopefully he can get some good time to rest and recover. Um, and that's what he knows. That Come on, he's probably eyeballed that window and he's mm-hmm. like... I got to push through here. It's going to be fine. And if this was something serious, dude, they're not allowing this to happen. Like seriously. So I I think probably what the plan is, if I were a a betting person is he probably doesn't start tonight against Houston. They're hoping that the game state doesn't dictate that they have to bring him in to try to save anything, get through Vancouver on Saturday. And then you have only, you know, like a couple of weeks, you have a couple of weeks for him to to rest and get better. So, well, I'd be interested to see what kind of lineup, Houston puts out as well because as was in our last open cup game it uh you know they didn't put out a great lineup either it's true you know it's first true. choice so who so. do they play uh this weekend though they play RSL away so they might be trying to rest some guys for that and you know Houston um they're somebody who hasn't had a bunch of success in recent history, but they're above the playoff line right now. RSL is a few spots above them. So they're trying to keep that momentum going. So yeah, they're the type of club. They just won the open cup. What? Two years ago, three years ago, Houston's the type of club that I could see prioritizing MLS cup as making a run in MLS cup over the open cup this year, because it's been a while since they've had success in MLS. So we'll see what happens. True. And they're in a playoff position right now. You know, uh, Palo Nagamura is there trying to make waves so i mean it's it's yeah i could see them prioritizing that as well Mm -hmm. Uh, a couple other questions uh tangentially skc related christopher rogers says uh what do you think is buzio's next move do you think he stays with relegated venezia 
unfortunately, they did get relegated. He played quite a bit this year. 29 appearances in Serie yeah. He got some uh, some good, you know, uh, minutes for sure. Yeah. I mean, I think it's tough to say. I'm sure Venezia wants to keep him and they're going to want to try to get, you know, a, a, get in a battle to get back up to Serie A. Um, he's not the level of player that like, oh, they got relegated, got to sell him. Like, I, you know, there are some players where like if, let's say Everton had actually gotten relegated, half their team's suddenly getting sold off because one, they can't afford him, but two, like Richarlison's not going to be playing in the championship. He's a Premier League player. Buzio's well, not a surefire Serie A player yet. I'm seeing that Buzio's contract expires in 2024. Right. So they'd have to move. He, he would have had to impress somebody enough where they think he, and it wouldn't be a top Serie A side probably. Um, it would have to be a sort of lower mid-table side who they could be like, hey, we think he can help us stay up next year. And the price would have to be right for Venezia to be able to do it. So um, I don't think anything's imminent. It's possible, but it, chances are he's probably staying with Venezia. Probably. Probably so. so. And then Daniel Gooden, he's been asking this for a few weeks now. We haven't been able to get to it. But he says, you know, what are your thoughts on SKC adult camp? You've done it before. Yeah, adult camp. But... Uh, I'd be interested to know if Gooden's going. Uh, it's it's cool, man. It is. I'm not, I'm not doing it this year. Just thought, like, I mean, it's kind of saving some money for some other stuff mm-hmm. and uh it's not cheap some house projects as well it's not cheap but you i do think it's worth it uh for me personally i didn't know if it'd be worth it to do it a second time mm-hmm. but like i have nothing but good things to say about it i did it the first year it was a thing this is only the second year they've done it my my only gripe was when we like there wasn't enough people to play 11 on 11 for the full field so they did a shortened field game at children's mercy park sure and that kind of sucked. I was kind of looking forward to like running the, you know, running the wing or something and, and making big runs and stuff. So, mm-hmm. but they accommodated my, my vegan food preferences. And, uh, you know, we trained with Josh Wolf. Mm-hmm. Uh, he led us through drills and shit, but, uh, and, and, and the merch you get too. I think we got uh, a game Jersey, authentic uh, training Jersey game, shorts, training shorts, game socks. And, uh, bunch of other knickknacks and stuff so you're basically i mean for the amount of merch you get this is one way to look at it since it's not it's not cheap but or you get a few hundred dollars of merch for sure you're basically paying what the cost would be if you were to buy all that merch and then you get sort of the training experience with it and then some yeah then you got to pay and there was a cool round table with peter for me he's like you could ask him anything uh he we were just at at the dinner table and Mm -hmm. He just answered people's questions. And that's uh, when you asked him, hey, will you come on No Other Pod? And, um... Yeah. <laughs> you know, we knew the lineup that night before it was even released. Like he told us uh, who was back from injury and stuff. That was kind of neat. So, yeah. It's pretty cool. Pretty, pretty cool. So, I, I, you know, I think everyone should do it if they got the funds and the, the uh, uh, will to do that. I'm sad that I'm not doing it, but maybe next time. Yeah. Cool. So, there you go. That's about all I have for uh, our good listeners right now. You got anything else? That it. All right, man. I guess. Uh, I guess not. Nothing really. Nothing really new. I'm kind of looking at things here. Um, nope. Houston Dynamo Open Cup tonight, and then uh, Whitecaps on Saturday. Eight o'clock on Saturday, man. Weird time for our. A little late. Our. Uh, 
well, we usually do 7.30, but that half hour bump, that can that can mess with you. Mm-hmm. You know? It does. However, doesn't, uh, doesn't Casey Current play that night as well, or is that... No, that's this Wednesday. They play yeah. a late game uh, tonight. Just so. hired a new president, Kansas City Current. They did. They so. did. Uh, still trying to get their first win, man. I'm... Mm-hmm. I'm sad that they that they lose by an own goal or they yeah. you know get tied up last minute. It's like, damn, we just can't catch a break. Trying to get an extra fifty million for their stadium too. Yeah, isn't that <laughs> wild? They're like, well, actually, it's going to be a little more expensive. Well, how expensive are we talking? Fifty million. <laughs> Jesus, it's almost double. <laughs> yeah, that's that's wild. So we'll see what happens. I mean, almost get double. Billed. How much was it? Wasn't it supposed to be seventy million? Was it? Yeah, and now they're like, "What about another 50? Oh my god! So how do they get that? Like, because they're not I think it's using taxpayers, right? They're, it's mostly still privately financed. They're trying to get a little bit of tax credit. They're not trying okay. to get public funding per se. They're right. trying to get like seven million and like tax credit or something like that. Holy so, shit! Yeah, that's wild. I'm excited for that, but well, that's still a ways out. Yeah. So. Anyway, y'all, thanks so much for listening. Uh, it's, it's been a long season, but hopefully this uh, this week is a sign of potentially some turnarounds to come. So make sure you leave us that five-star rating and review if you have not yet done so. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at NoOtherPod, at Dan Kuzer, at JCMac03. Like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash NoOtherPod, or shoot us an email, NoOtherPod at gmail.com. But until next time, he's Dan. I'm Jimmy. We'll catch y'all later. See ya. Eradicate. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.